This week, Judge Montali rules PG&E Unsecured's post-petition interest to be paid at federal judgment rate. Alta Meza and King Fisher received combined $310 million stocking horse bid. EP Energy receives alternative plan proposal from Ad Hoc Group. More on all this and, as always, updates from Puerto Rico. Welcome to the Week in Reorg. Hello, and welcome to the Reorg podcast, where we bring you the latest top developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm reporter Connor Skelding. And I'm legal analyst Alex Brosman. This episode, in lieu of a regular deep dive, we'll be summarizing all that's happened since we last talked in 2019. And of course, you'll get the week ahead with Jim Holloway. It's Sunday, January 5th. To all of our listeners from all of us here at Reorg, uh, we wish all of you a very happy new year. In a sign that the restructuring world never takes time off, on New Year's Eve, the ad hoc noteholder group in the PG&E bankruptcy cases filed a motion asking the court to reconsider its approval of the debtors' restructuring support agreements with the ad hoc subrogation group and the Official Committee of Tort Claimants, or TCC. The motion asked the court to vacate the RSA orders in their entirety, or, failing that, to condition the approval of the RSAs on, quote, removal of the anti-competitive provisions contained therein. Citing its earlier announcement that its own restructuring plan would pay wildfire victims, quote, $13.5 billion in cash up front, the AHC attacked the debtor's RSA for, quote, stifling competition by, quote, preventing key constituencies from voting for or even negotiating with the ad hoc group regarding a plan. Also, after oral argument, Judge Dennis Montelli sided with the debtors and their shareholders in deciding that the bankruptcy code requires application of the federal judgment rate, currently 2.59%, according to the opinion, in calculating post-petition interest owed to the company's unsecured creditors in the event the debtors are deemed solvent. The decision rejected arguments made by the AHC and the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors that the two groups are owed post-petition interest at contract or state law rates in order to be classified as unimpaired under the debtor's amended plan. The decision by Judge Montali potentially reduces the debtor's burden toward senior note holders by up to $484.7 million in additional cash, according to a reorg analysis. Responding to concerns raised by California Governor Gavin Newsom publicly in regard to the competing bankruptcy plans currently on the table, the ad hoc noteholder group released a letter dated December 20th outlining new commitments to, quote, enhance their proposed plan. The group argued that stakeholders and the state are best served by its plan, not the debtors and shareholders, which provides for, quote, upfront cash payment to the wildfire victims, as stated, a, quote, series of new commitments regarding corporate governance and an enforcement process that includes, quote, an option for the state of California to purchase reorganized PG&E. The letter also anticipates the implementation of, quote, whatever appropriate modifications are needed to bring it into full and unquestioned compliance with AB 1054. Reorg published an Excel model estimating the value of the common stock of reorganized PG&E by taking into account the debtor's settlement with the TCC and the backstop agreement providing for $12 billion in equity financing. Depending upon assumptions regarding the appropriate valuation of the reorganized company, as well as the valuation at which the $12 billion in new equity will be raised, the analysis also estimates the cash sources and uses inherent in the debtor's proposed plan, settling on an implied common stock valuation of between $10.42 and $23.89 per share. 
In another New Year's Eve filing, the Altamesa debtors disclosed a stocking horse purchase and sale agreement with BCE Mach 3, an affiliate of Houston-based Bayou City Energy. The notice also discloses that certain of Altamesa's non-debtor affiliates, including Kingfisher Midstream LLC and its subsidiaries, entered into a second purchase and sale agreement with Bayou City, under which Kingfisher will sell substantially all of its assets through a separate, not-yet-filed Chapter 11 proceeding. The notice indicates that the Chapter 11 filing will commence sometime prior to January 13th. The Altamesa PSA contemplates a purchase price of $244.75 million in cash, as well as the assumption of assumed liabilities and cure costs, while the Kingfisher PSA contains a price tag of $85.25 million in cash, as well as the assumption of assumed liabilities and cure costs. The two stocking horse PSAs contemplate separate sales of the upstream and midstream assets, but not of the corresponding top-level and intermediate holding companies, Altamesa Resources and SR2 Opco. After weeks of aggressive, vexed, and contentious negotiations and litigation, the debtor and official committee of unsecured creditors reached consensus in the Highland Capital Chapter 11 case. They filed a motion on December 27 seeking approval of a settlement related to the debtor's governance and procedures for operation in the ordinary course of business. The filing came days after a motion filed by the U.S. trustee seeking appointment of a Chapter 11 trustee, citing, quote, documented management concerns and the UCC's own threats to file a motion to appoint a trustee no later than December 30th in the absence of a settlement. Settlement terms, broadly memorialized in a term sheet, contemplate the creation of a three-person independent board of directors, two of which would come from Strand Advisors, the debtor's general partner, and, quote, ultimate party in control, and the institution of oversight and reporting requirements for the debtor's day-to-day business operations. Co-founder and president James Dondero would also resign from his positions at Highland Capital Management and at Strand relinquishing all his decision-making authority, according to the filing. Two independent directors have been selected, and the settlement remains, quote, entirely contingent upon the selection of a third independent director, who is acceptable to the UCC. To the extent one is not found, the term sheet is null and void, according to the filing. The board will be tasked with appointing a CEO to oversee operations, and the debtor states an intention to retain a chief restructuring officer through Development Specialist Incorporated to serve at the discretion of the board or CEO. The debtor argues that the U.S. trustee's motion to appoint a Chapter 11 trustee is rendered meritless by the settlement, maintaining that it resolves governance issues thereby raised, and citing the UCC's agreement as, quote, representative of the primary economic stakeholders of the case. Implementation of the settlement, quote, will head off any potential issues that could arise while putting, quote, the acrimony that marked the initial stages of this case behind, the debtor added. Harlan Clark told investors in a press release obtained by Reorg that on December 24th, it secured commitments for transactions designed to repurchase, exchange, or retire all of its $715 million outstanding in 9.25% senior unsecured notes due 2021 in a multi-step process by November 30th, 2020. The contemplated new exchange notes would consist of up to $325 million in senior secured notes due 2024 and senior unsecured pick toggle notes due 2025. 
An affiliate of the sponsor, McAndrews and Forbes, has also agreed to provide an additional equity commitment of up to $100 million to Harlan Clark, the proceeds of which would be used to retire any remaining 2021 notes following the exchange offers. Certain holders of the 2021 notes, who collectively represent in excess of 85% of the notes outstanding, have agreed to backstop the exchange offers for the 2021 notes, including by purchasing additional exchange notes to retire the 2021 notes. According to the release, the company may launch an exchange offer no later than February 15th to exchange up to $300 million in aggregate principal amount of the 2021 notes for newly issued senior secured notes due 2024. The company may then launch a second exchange offer no later than October 15 to exchange up to the remaining aggregate principal amount of 2021 notes for newly issued senior unsecured pick toggle notes due 2025. EP Energy filed its second amended plan of reorganization and revised disclosure statement, which eliminates a provision allowing the debtors, with the consent of Elliott and Apollo, to quote, deliver a notice of redemption with respect to or otherwise voluntarily prepay a, quote, portion of the respected notes constituting class four, one and an eighth lien claims, and class five, one and a quarter lien claims. The remainder of the treatment of claims and interests remains unchanged from the prior plan. Additionally, the debtor said in a reply to various disclosure statement objections that on December 31st, the debtors received, quote, an alternative restructuring proposal submitted to the debtors with the support of the UCC. In addition, the debtor said that on January 2nd, the ad hoc group separately submitted a proposal for, quote, amended one and an eighth lien notes under the plan as an alternative to reinstatement of the one and an eighth lien notes. According to the reply, the special committee of the debtor's board of directors, with the support of the debtor's advisors, is analyzing this proposal. On the island of Puerto Rico, on Monday, in a filing and press release posted to Emma, AFAF disclosed that, on behalf of the Puerto Rico Infrastructure Financing Authority, or PRIFA, and the Puerto Rico Ports Authority, it has completed an exchange of the Series 2011 bonds issued by PRIFA and held by the ad hoc group of PRIFA Ports bondholders. According to the release, the bonds were outstanding in an amount of about $191 million and were exchanged for cash payment of approximately $82.4 million. The press release says that the ad hoc group holds over 92% of the outstanding bonds. Additionally, the parties entered into a sixth amended restructuring support agreement dated as of December 27. The Prifa Ports RSA was, quote, subject to certain amendments over the past several months, the press release says, including terms memorialized in an amended restructuring term sheet annexed to the RSA amendment, as well as modifications of certain dates associated with closing and restructuring milestones. On Thursday, December 26, Governor Wanda Vasquez said that additional legislation may be needed to execute a Commonwealth debt restructuring and signaled that an administration bill tied to the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority, or PREPA, restructuring support agreement remains a work in progress. Speaking during a press conference to announce the creation of a fund for post-hurricane permanent works, the governor said House Bill 2332 an administration measure to place additional limits on the issuance of public debt, as well as restrictions on the use of related proceeds, was filed on La Fortaleza's own initiative and was not sought by the PROMESA Oversight Board in connection with the proposed Commonwealth Plan of Adjustment. Vasquez said of the bill, it may fit, contribute to, and favor a debt restructuring process. Heading back to court, 
On Monday, December 23rd, Judge Laura Taylor Swain granted in part the mediation team's request for an extension to file its amended report to February 10th and modifying certain other deadlines. The team stated in a motion that it is seeking to extend the deadline from January 10, explaining that the negotiations between the mediation parties regarding a plan of adjustment for the Commonwealth and other Title III debtors are at a, quote, critical juncture and, quote, continue to be productive and are not yet concluded. Judge Swain stated in her order that the court is persuaded that the postponement of the deadline and adjournment of the related response and hearing dates are appropriate and in the best interest of the fair and efficient resolutions of the Title III proceedings. In an amended order entered on December 27, Judge Swain also scheduled a hearing for January 29 to address any arguments concerning the continuation of the provisions of and proposed amendments to the court's scheduling order related to certain revenue bonds pending the March 4 hearing on the amended report. On Friday, December 20, AFAF posted a presentation by the PROMESA Oversight Board, dated August 7, setting forth a, quote, Illustrative Term Sheet Framework for the Puerto Rico Highways and Transportation Authority, or HTA. The term sheet stems from an August 7th meeting between Oversight Board representatives and an undisclosed creditor of the HTA, at which meeting the parties discussed the illustrative framework for a restructured HTA. This framework included the potential issuance of indebtedness, the repayment of which would be connected to net revenues generated by the restructured HTA based on the then-certified fiscal plan for HTA. AFAF said in a statement provided to REORG that the Commonwealth government does not support the restructuring transaction disclosed in the Oversight Board's presentations because the proposal relies on toll revenue hikes for funding and proposes a new governance model for the HTA. AFAF also indicated that it does not support a separate presentation made by the Oversight Board on August 13 to certain other HTA bondholders. Other top stories of the last two weeks were, in addition to majority consent from lenders and note holders, theoretical standalone Chapter 11 filing of Malincrot Opioids business would likely require opioid claimant support. Dean Foods' ad hoc group announces intent to put forth standalone plan of reorganization by early 2020, infusing hundreds of millions of dollars in debt equity. High Ridge Brands files for Chapter 11, with aim of continuing robust pre-petition sale process, proposes auction in early February. As always, here's the great Jim Holloway with the week ahead. Well, thank you, Alex. You're far too kind, and hello, everybody. Happy New Year to all y'all. And what a decade the last one was, and the ride has only just begun. This week brings not only the usual parade of hearings, but also some investor conferences. An Energy One in Miami, run by Goldman, and City with a TMT one somewhere out west. I don't think California. I think somewhere next to it. Anyways, January 6th, we had the disclosure statement hearing for EP Energy, and I guess everyone here is wondering and how long the popping crude will hold if it does at all. Plenty be happy to start pumping again if that's needed. Tuesday, January 7th, we have a South Cross Omnibus bid procedures motion hearing and approach and oral arguments in the opioids cases. Forementioned Goldman Conference gets underway in Miami at the, let's see, Lowe's Miami Beach Hotel. California Resources will be at that one, while Equinox will be at the City TM2 
MT Shindig. It will be held at the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas. Y'all ought to try out Lake Charles one year. That's, there's what I think, what you might call water variety, more funner things to do in Louisiana, at least I think. Anyway, anyhow, Albertsons reports its third quarter earnings. Wednesday, January 8th, omnibus hearings in Payless, EP and MTE, and an exclusivity motion hearing in Sanchez Energy. Unity Group will be at the city's TMT conference. Bed Bath & Beyond reports earnings, and there is a meeting between McDermott and certain lenders. Thursday, January 9th, bidding procedures and omnibus hearing in Murray Energy, uh, omnibus hearing in Highland Capital, second day hearing in Acosta, and Friday, January 10th, we have a stay relief hearing in EP Energy, hearing in Windstream, and omnibus hearing in Bumblebee. And that's all. Back to y'all. Thanks, Jim. That's all from us today. We'll be back next week and every week for the foreseeable future, complete with the deep dive. And thank you, listener, for turning into another Reorg review. As always, find all of our podcasts on the media page on reorg.com or on popular podcasting platforms such as iTunes or SoundCloud. This has been the Week in Reorg, and I'm Connor Skelting. <laughs>